Drive Time Devotions is a Saddleback Church podcast. We want to invite you to one of our weekend services. Visit us online at saddleback.com for locations and service times in your area. Please visit us this weekend. I hope you're enjoying this walk together through 2 Timothy chapter 2, day 4 we're looking at today. We're going to look at verses 14 to 19. These are incredibly encouraging verses from God's Word about how to live in the midst of everyday real life, live genuine faith. We've been talking about how you and I need to be strong in grace, how we need to entrust what we're learning to other people, how you and I endure because we know that God is faithful to us. And now today we're going to focus on if I'm going to make it, if I'm going to last, I've got to learn to enrich my soul. I've got to enrich my soul with God's Word. And if I'm going to do that, there are two things, two choices I've got to make. I've got to avoid godless words, and I've got to choose God's word in my life. I've got to make both of those choices. And those choices are talked about in verses 14 down through verse 19 of this second chapter. Let me read those verses for you. Paul writes, keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value. It only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Paul talks in these verses about how we're to enrich our soul, and one of the ways to enrich your soul is to avoid godless words. Avoid quarreling about words. It goes into the depth of your soul. Now, as Paul talks about this, is he saying that we should never discuss anything or express an opinion if we have a difference of opinion? Of course not. I mean, just read Paul's letters. He was, he was more than willing to say he had a difference of opinion with some people to express the truth. No, what he's talking about here is false teaching. He's talking about those who come up with arguments that seek to twist words and play on emotions so that they hide the clear truth. And Paul says, when you pick up on that, just don't get involved in it. And he gives us some indications here in these verses of the kind of false teaching that Timothy was battling. And it gives gives you maybe some ideas of the kinds of things to stay away from, this kind of false teaching. This false teaching had a, a number of different elements to it. One of the elements was controversial and confusing questions. You might call it speculative intellectualism. That's what we call it today. People who just love to ask questions without any answers. They love to incite and excite emotions without knowing where, they, where it's going to go. There's a lot of people who teach in that kind of way. They never give any hope. Oh, they're interesting. There's no doubt about it. It's interesting to listen to those kinds of questions. But Paul says that interest is just an emotional interest. It's just a base interest. It's never going to get you to hope. It's never going to get you to truth. And in the end, it ruins those who listen. It's like eating junk food. If all you ever eat is junk food, it's going to ruin your health. It might taste good, but it's going to ruin your health. And that's what this speculative, these confusing questions are all about, the kinds of false teaching that Paul was dealing with, with Timothy and this Ephesian church were a sense of pride in their own understanding, people who felt like they were smarter because they could ask smarter questions or at least questions that had bigger words. 
They acted like, well, because I'm willing to ask a negative question, somehow I'm smarter than you are. (laughs) It does not take intellectualism to see the negative side of life. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. And yet there are people who somehow are prideful that they can see the negative side of life. What takes real faith, what takes real courage, what takes genuine wisdom is seeing the positive side of what God is doing in this world. The false teaching that Paul was dealing with in this church was a teaching that tended to deny people the enjoyment of life. Back in uh, 1 Timothy, Paul encouraged them to enjoy what God had made because the false teaching was saying you can't enjoy anything that God has made. It's all empty. It's all meaningless. So you need to deny yourself. You need to deny your will. Deny yourself the things that you want. And if you deny yourself the things that you want, somehow you will make yourself, that's the key word, make yourself more spiritual. Well, the good news is The good news is you cannot make yourself anything. It's what God has made you and what he'll make you through his spirit. So this idea that somehow I need to deny myself things in order to make myself better before God, you can just write that off. Now, Jesus did teach us to deny ourselves, but you don't deny yourself this certain food or this certain celebration on this day or the kinds of things that are in this list of false teaching in order to make yourself feel more spiritual. It doesn't work. Now, it's interesting in this false teaching, and this often happens in false teaching, there, there's opposite sides. So sometimes they denied enjoyment, but then they would flip entirely the other way, and they would encourage indulgence and immorality. They'd encourage materialism and greed. Just ask anything you want to come into your life. You know, it's okay with God. He's forgiven it all already, so just ask it all to come in. Godless words. The godless words included a lot of talk about genealogies and tales and stories, things that people made up. Maybe you've gotten caught up in that lately. Just not interested in the clear truth of the Bible. You're looking for something new, looking for something different. I found when it happens in my life and other people's lives, the problem is I don't want to live out what God's teaching me. I want to hear some new truth just out of interest, not out of desire to live it out. The truth of the matter is just the truth of loving one another. Love one another. I can spend the rest of my life on those three words. So if you're looking for some new, interesting truth, take a good, close look at your life and ask yourself, am I willing to live out the truth that God's put into my life? Now, this false teaching that was in this church that they were struggling with, we get a real clue in the verses we just read into one aspect of this false teaching. Paul says that Hymenaeus and Philetus We're denying the resurrection of the body. What's being talked about here? Were they saying that Jesus wasn't bodily resurrected? No, that's not it at all. What they were saying was that believers, those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, would not have a resurrected body. That somehow either we would be in a spirit body forever, we wouldn't enjoy the resurrected body that Jesus Christ enjoyed, or that somehow there's an indication that the false teaching was that somehow those who were Christians right after Jesus was resurrected and before Jesus returned would not have a resurrected body, whereas everybody else would. That somehow these believers, the first believers, would miss out on something that many other believers would enjoy. Paul says, God's foundation stands firm. The Lord knows those who are his, as if God's going to forget Oh, those first century believers, I, I, I missed it. I didn't understand. And somehow they're not going to enjoy eternity like the rest of people. Paul says, are you kidding? Of course God knows. False teachers tend to twist words by using good words, fancy words, words that 
excite your emotions. But those false teachings, they don't hold water. And when you and I get caught up in following after a false teaching, what I need to do is realize that God's word is what lasts. And that's what Paul talks about in verse 15. You want to enrich your soul, you got to avoid these kind of godless words that we've been talking about that are all through 1 and 2 Timothy. And I've got to, I've got to accurately handle God's word. Verse 15, let me read it again. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now, before we talk about correctly handling the word of truth, what is a workman here? What is he talking about? A workman who does not need to be ashamed. He's saying these people who talk about this fancy life, this life above other people's lives, this, this prideful life, you don't have to go after that kind of a life. You're just a workman for God. You don't need to be ashamed of who you are or to try to strive for something more. Just enjoy the fact that God's made you to do work for him. And those who have to play on your pride in order to satisfy their own pride, those are the people that are the false teachers. If you can't be satisfied with the simple work that you're doing for God, enjoy what he's doing in and through your life. You've missed it, Paul says. You're a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed. And what do you do? You correctly handle the word of truth. The beginning of this verse, verse 15, Paul says, do your best to do this, to present yourself to God as one approved. You just present your life back to God, approved before him. False teachers make you feel unapproved, like you've got to do something else to get God's approval. You've got to keep this day or keep this celebration or think this way or discover this new truth. False teachers make you feel unapproved. You present yourself to God as one who is approved because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. It is amazing how people will try to twist the Bible to say what they want. There's so many words in the Bible, that's an easy thing to do. I pick a word from here and a word from here and a word from here. Here's the key, here's the core. Is the teaching that you're hearing helping you to see that God has given his life for you through Jesus Christ? That there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That you now, because of the forgiveness that God has given you, you can live a life before him of joy, and you can live a life before him of hope, and you can live a life before him of loving him and loving others. Is the person who is teaching lifting you up before God, or are they putting you down and making you feel like you need something else, something they can only give in order to feel approved before God? That's the key. That's the core that Paul talks about in these verses. And if I'm going to enjoy that kind of life, I've got to correctly handle God's word, God's truth. I've got to realize it's his truth for my life today. So as we pray together, let's just pray and say, Jesus Christ, we haven't had nearly enough time to look at this incredibly important verse. We could talk about it for hours, correctly handling your truth. I pray that we would correctly handle it today, that I would. That instead of letting some lie hide the truth from me, or instead of ignoring it based on my own self-interest, that I'd realize how deeply you love me. And how your truth of loving others, your truth of the hope you want to give, your truth, even in these verses about the fact that the Lord knows those who are his, your truth can sink into my heart and your truth can cause me to live my life as one approved before you because of what Jesus Christ has done. And so I thank you, Jesus. I thank you in your name. Amen. And join us tomorrow. We'll end our look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at the great purpose that God has for your life. <music>